live in Summerlin. It's Cofield and Company from the Rampart Race and Sportsbook. All right, here we go on a Wednesday. You heard it, Rampart Race and Sportsbook. Adam Hill is here as a company. It's Cofield Angels helping out. Great spot to watch afternoon baseball, so come on down. We got everything on the docket today. It's crazy right now. Crazy around town. We got UNLV basketball practice availability today, so we'll have some talk about that in just a little bit. VGK hockey last night. More exhibition games on the way. We've got the Aces in the WNBA. They got it done. We've got tickets right now. Caller 6. Caller 6. We'll change it up. 364-1100-364-1100. Aces Mercury tomorrow at Mandalay Bay Arena. You can get your own tickets at axs.com. These will be e-tickets. So when you call in, talk to Ari. Got to have all the information. Please use the tickets. Call her 6, 364-1100-364-1100. It's Trending at 3, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. Well, we thought we were going to briefly hit on the Raiders. Slow day, but we got some news coming up here in two minutes. It's not great news, especially considering the, uh, the person involved in the situation. But, yeah, today was a, a day off. How? Why are they off? Uh, they're off. This would be a normal Tuesday, right? So if you look at the way the NFL schedule breaks down, Monday is like treatment and a, a coach press conference, you know, to go, kind of go over the game. Tuesday is the day off. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the hard practices, Friday a little lighter, uh, going into a Sunday game with Saturday off or just a walkthrough. That's how the usual schedule works in the, in the NFL. This week just pushed back a day because of Monday Night Football coming up next week. So today, a nice little uh, off day for the Raiders, who might need it. They were out late last night. The entire team was courtside at the Aces game yesterday. So uh, maybe a little bit of uh, hanging out, enjoying the game. Day off today. I assume they'll be back at the Aces game tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, day off for the Raiders to uh, to just kind of rest up their bodies, get ready, and then the hard preparation starts for the Chargers on Thursday this week. Now it's supposed to be uh, no news day, slow yeah. news day, and we got news. This one sucks. Kind of. I don't even know what it means moving forward. Right. Uh, nothing. I mean, it, it sucks because of the individual it happened to, and I know he's like one of your favorite guys, yeah. new to the team, but you were wowed by him and we're really looking forward to covering him. And now, I mean, who knows what happens with his NFL career. Yeah, so Gerald McCoy, who already is out for the year, and I don't know that there was any plans beyond this year, uh, has received a suspension from the NFL for PEDs. Um, again, out for the year anyway. I, I guess this impacts next year a little bit. If he decides to play, I don't think he will. Um, really, it's just more about where it is for his you know, legacy, I guess. is this? Does this taint what he's done? Does this go back to do people say, well, what does this mean for the rest of his career? Um, his statement, which I, I can get, get in a second, says basically um, this was something that was prescribed because he's been dealing with injury. We know that he missed all of last year with an injury. Uh, really bad injury this year, another season-ending injury. So it would make some sense that he's been prescribed something. I, the part that's weird to me is why not just say, yeah, my career's over. I'm going to take whatever I want to take to get better. Like, that would make some sense. But he's kind of fighting back. Uh, according to Joe McCoy, this is a quote he just put up on Instagram, or excuse me, on uh, Twitter. 
I love the game of football and have nothing but respect for the players, fans, and the league. I've given my all to this game and worked my entire career to compete, train, and rehabilitate at a high level with integrity. It is with great disappointment that I recently learned I tested positive for a banned substance, something I was prescribed to take to help with scar tissue and tendon strength from a previous injury. In no way would I ever intentionally take anything to help with performance or gain a competitive advantage. This was an honest mistake, but it's something I take full responsibility for. I apologize to my family, the NFL, my teammates, and the fans, and ask humbly for your forgiveness. It makes sense. He's hurt, right? Take a prescription, start to get better. Um, it's just weird. Like you're to me, the, and maybe he doesn't think so, but to me, your career's over. Just go, just leave, and just go take whatever you want. I, I think that would be the, you know, the advice maybe. Uh, because now, of course, you have people like, wow, okay, what has he been doing the last ten years? I don't think anything. Um, but it's just it's just unfortunate this would happen at this point in your career. And, you know, I got I got a call from a uh, somebody I work with today that was like, oh, oh, you still going to stand by? Because I was saying Joe McCoy at times looked dominant on the practice field and in that last preseason game. And I was like, wow, rejuvenated. Look at this guy. And like, oh, yeah, I wonder what he was doing. Like, all right. I, I don't know that you can cast dispersions necessarily on what he's done before or even what he was doing during training camp. He can still come back. I mean, he's got a long journey, a horrendous injury, and a back, suspension, back and, to back. and he's 33. Right, but back-to-back, back, awful, debilitating injuries. I mean, would you just walk away and not defend yourself? No, I, I would have said, my plan is not to play again. What do you guys care what I'm taking? That's what I would have said. No, you wouldn't have. Come on. Just admit that you've been cheating. No, that I started. I took something two weeks ago when I got hurt because right. I'm done. Right. Like I took whatever pain medication that was banned. Ah, okay. I took it two weeks ago because I got hurt and I'm done. So you don't necessarily call it cheating. No, as you described. Yeah. Like yeah, I'm not a. I'm not an athlete. I'm a person. I'm a normal citizen now. I can take whatever I want. That's what I would say. But th- this leads me to believe maybe he plans on coming back, which is insane to me. He's accomplished everything he needs to. Golden Knights last night. Atmosphere, what was it like? How'd it turn out? Good. Uh, man, Vince Sapienza from Channel 5. Really going after him. He, he tweeted out. He was, I was sitting next to him last night, and when they announced the attendance, which was a little over 16,000, he tweeted out, official attendance announced 16,000, but I see a lot of empty seats. I was like, bro, it's preseason. Settle down. I was just kind of joking with him and uh, went back and forth on Twitter with him a little bit about it. But, um, yeah, it was good. Like, it, It's weird to me. And I guess I'll never, you know, I'll never understand just that aspect. But, like, the fans were so intent on getting a win. And I was like, it, this is about process and, and just, you know, getting the line, getting lines where you want, getting some chemistry, getting a feel for the game. Um, they were cheering like they were trying to play a first Stanley Cup final, which was kind of crazy to me. Uh, but you get it. Like, if you're going to go to the game, you're going to pay. You're going to, you know, have a night out. It might as well, I guess, watch a win. And the team said afterwards, hey, like, you don't want to win two. You don't want to lose two in a row, no matter what, no matter what's at stake. So they did. You know they did effort for the win, and they got the win, and uh, a couple power play goals, which I think is important. Um, Laurent Brossois, the new go- backup goaltender, uh, looked you know comfortable. Uh, he said it was kind of a new experience with that many people in the crowd and being that wild during a preseason game. So uh, you know he had to get used to that a little bit, but gave a couple goals. But I thought 
played fairly well. And I thought they were happy with his with his efforts. Uh, but yeah, preseason is you know just just like it is in other sports. Results do not matter, but the teams are trying to find themselves a little bit. Afterwards, actually, uh, it was funny. Pete DeBoer, in a joking mood, so you know that the games don't mean that much, uh, he he said, man, that's tough to watch. It is tough to watch preseason hockey. Um, and he goes, I, I know it is for you guys, too, sitting up there watching it. So uh, he gets it, and uh, he knows. But, you know, he was saying uh, the last couple of preseason games is what he's looking forward to. When you kind of get the roster where you want it, it's going to be your actual – NHL roster, it's going to look more like it's going to look during the regular season. We're at the Rampart. we got some t-shirts, some cool giveaways, so come on down. Uh, say hi. We're in the sports book. This is a great, true local spot to watch NFL games. You know, that's not always the case. Uh, they have a lot of respect for you guys out there listening and offer really good deals. Uh, drinks during NFL games, draft beers, just two bucks. Bottled beer, you can get $3 on that. $15 buckets where you can mix or match and they've got uh, bonuses and, and free food on some of their uh, parlay bets so come on down we're going to talk to uh, Dwayne Colucci the head of the book a little later on as we're kicking things off from the Rampart Race and Sportsbook our ESPN Las Vegas legal insider is actually uh, here with us nice enough to come over to the Rampart Justin Watkins is up and uh, we're going to talk definitely about John Jones and his troubles in the USC. that's coming up in just a few minutes but one of the big stories today is NBA players are finding out if they're not vaxxed and they can't play in their city by that city's rules, they ain't getting paid. That's legal? Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins to present the facts only on Cofield and Company. You know, a very sobering moment yesterday. We were we were talking about John Jones' arrest, right? Which we're going to get to here in about ten minutes. John Jones, the UFC fighter, in trouble again in Las Vegas after being in trouble multiple times in Albuquerque at least one time in his home area in upstate New York. And Dana White was around Adam Hill and said something to the effect of, like, we can't bring John to Vegas. Like, he can't just can't control himself. And, I, you know, I'm starting to get the uneasy feeling, man. Adam, when we're at a sports book, I don't know that we can bring Justin Watkins into a sports book. <laughs> he, he, had, he made a beeline. He didn't even say hi to us. He walked in right to the sheets. Like a moth to light. Here we go. I forgot last year uh, we started talking more sports betting with you, and now football's here and hockey's on the verge of starting. All right. You guys got me connected on the yeah. William Hill Sports app, we did. you know? And I, we did. I Rampart's found- great, too, by the way. Yeah. Rampart's great, too. Yep. They have a great, great app. Great, great app. Wait till great. Justin gets this app and sees <laughs> how well this works. Justin Koken over here. Yeah. We did, create a, monster. We did create a monster by showing him the easy place to put money in. That's true. Oh, uh, yeah. I've only had to put money in once, though. There you go. Oh, wow. Nice. I just play. Yeah, me too over the years, just once. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I bet nothing. I bet nothing. I just do it for fun. I do it as a tax write-off. Okay, there you go. I'm kidding. <laughs> all right, you started You started rolling football games by us. Well, yeah. first of all, we had a gentleman walk up, and I could tell what happened with Adam. Adam doesn't really start to hone in on lines, and maybe you shouldn't, uh, although value sometimes hits at the beginning of the week when the numbers come out. But a guy walked up, and he's like, I need some winners, which is always like, sir, <laughs> like we have, we're just like you. We have games we like, but like if we could hit fifty five percent, we're thrilled. 
So then we started reeling off some games. But, uh, you know, usually when people do that, they're like, what? That's terrible. Well, then don't ask. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, no, he took the advice. He wrote he them did. right he down. He's writing them down. Uh, yep. no, it's He's like a $5,000 three-teamer. He's going to come back next time we're here. He took notes. Hopefully we're all right. I mean, everything I gave him was complete contrarian. I'm like, New York Giants, let's go. Chicago Bears. Like, right now, no one wants to bet those teams. But sure. you know the way I bet. Sure. So And uh, dogs so far, 30 and 18 against the spread. That doesn't mean those two. Well, Bears yeah. are a favorite. Yeah. You expect regression at some point, but right now, that's how it's going. All right, you want to throw some college games, by us? Oh, I, I got a couple. I, I, like. I crapped on you threw two. Yeah, I threw two and you hated well, them both. You can challenge me. Go ahead. So you yeah, yeah. That, you I, like, I like Notre Dame playing Cincinnati. Okay. Uh, just because I think it's going to be a close game. Notre Dame's getting two points. Uh, Notre Dame seems to always pull out these close games with Brian Kelly. Cincinnati's had some scares already. I think they might be slightly overhyped. Um, I, I love Syracuse getting four and a half against Florida State. Uh, I don't think I don't think Florida State's done anything to prove that Week One was an anomaly. They're zero and four. They're not competitive. Um, Liberty, so, Liberty last week. That's a feather in their cap. Believe it or not, it sounds yep. ridiculous, but it is. Yeah, yeah. Syracuse. I the problem with Syracuse is their offense right now is one pronged. It is they have a freshman running back who's awesome. Their quarterback play ain't good. Yeah. So, well, the but, one, but you're right. I mean, I mean, how do you bet Florida? You, you, I don't think you can play Florida State laying against anyone. Yeah. Well, and the and the game I liked uh, when it opened up was uh, Oregon State was catching two uh, at home against Washington, but it, the line's already moved to two and a half. Oregon State head or heart? Oh, it's definitely heart. But but <laughs> I bet them. I bet them each week or each week this year, and they've won so far. You know, do you, again, and this is not all that handicapping is about. But in college, I think it does matter. Yep. Can Oregon State? You know. Get fired up. Again, I know it's more of a regional deal there than USC yeah. is, but, I mean, they went on the road and beat USC. I mean, there, there's arguably in the history of Oregon State, there there is no bigger monkey they had to get off their back than winning at the Coliseum. It's 61 years since they had won at the Coliseum. Uh, but UW historically, before Oregon came into prominence, was the big dog in, in the Northwest. They put everybody down. They, they travel well in the Northwest. And so, absolutely, Washington is a big game for all of Oregon, Oregon State, Washington State. Big game. Always is. Do we want to make a bet? I'm trying to think of a good one here. I kind of like Oregon State. Michigan. No, no, no. We, are, we need to make more bets on the show. Oh, Michigan and Wisconsin. I like Wisconsin on that one, and they're getting oh, a point. I, get the, I was like, another bet. He's just like, Michigan Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, what do you like in that one? I like Wisconsin. I do, too. Yeah. What do you think, Adam? Well, I haven't bet a college game in three years, so I'm not, I'm not play, making a play. I'm certainly cheering for Michigan. Yeah. I, I didn't like the second half performance last. I don't know what they were doing. They quit playing. Well, power on power. They got outpowered by Rutgers. What are you going to do? They just it, quit. It happens. Didn't have a first down until the last drive of the, they just, of the second half. They just half. quit. That's the, that's the analysis. They just quit. No, I was actually going to try to pit Michigan and Oregon State head-to-head on win total or, you know, rest of the, the, the season win total. Oh, you got to go Oregon State at this point now. Wait a second. I was gonna. I was gonna make the line like Michigan minus one and a half. Yeah, at oh. least. Okay. At least. Okay. Yeah. Are you yeah. Yeah. I thought you were getting really wrapped up. If Michigan could get in the Pac-12. I. I take the over. I mean, uh, you know, for I, the team I, that was academically, picked. would they be allowed in? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> would uh, Michigan? <laughs> yeah. Yes. A joke. It was a joke. I mean, Oregon State was picked. At, last of the Pac-12, so, I mean, we're already overperforming as a, as a team, and I think we're ahead of schedule. We've got, a right, we've got the build. We've got the right coach for the build. Uh, you know, what's funny is this is like this season is remarkably similar 
to our coach is Jonathan Smith. He was the quarterback during the Fiesta Bowl season with Derek, Dennis Erickson. The year before that, uh, he was a freshman, a walk-on freshman, who replaced the starter in the first game of the season when when we were losing to University of Washington 38-3, to came back and tied the game all in the second half, ended up losing in overtime, and it sort of changed the trajectory. He was a starter forever. And, you know, the game one of this year uh, against Purdue, Chance Nolan was not the starter. We're losing at halftime. Had no offensive going, and uh, they've made the quarterback switch, and he hasn't given up since. He's been great. So um, hopefully well, I got, he I got, keeps building. I got three games now I'm going to bet. I'm going to go head-to-head with you. Okay. Not against you. I'm going to actually bet the game. So okay. we, can, we can report next week how we did. Well, no, no, no. So now, I mean, you're, you're going to bet Washington, is that what you're going to say, and the two and a half? Yeah, I, well, I liked it when Oregon State was getting two. It opened Oregon State getting two. Now they're giving up two and a half. It okay, so it's a no play for you. It's a no play but for But it's me. a play for me because I like to play against everyone else's teams. Don't do that. He sends me a text during the Rutgers-Michigan game laughing at a play call, and it was – Poor execution. It was so dumb. And then the second half, I was like, I was like, please win, the, please upset Michigan. I cannot wait to bring this up on the air and send on the back. And then, no, it, don't it didn't do, happen. don't do that. I don't need that. You I don't need that. I, I don't need that nah. bad mojo on my team. I'm rooting for you. We have another friend who went to Oregon State, so I, he's he's a lot younger than you. Not that you're old, but uh, but he lives and dies with him. He was at the Coliseum last week, so, yeah, and he was fired up. Oh yeah, looked like he had a few. I mean, I've been to the Coliseum. Twice when Oregon State was there. I've been to the Rose Bowl like four times uh, when they were there, and I don't believe we ever won any of those games. But, you know, but That's always a brutal nightmare yeah. to just go on the road and be outside and then lose. Yeah, exactly. Sucks. Believe me, I've been there. I also I've, been, like, I've been there like 35 3, 42 3 at the half yeah. on the road, and you're like, really? I did this? I got one more pick. Okay. USC's uh, minus seven at Colorado, or playing Colorado. Hmm. Everybody's still holding on to that Texas A&M performance for Colorado. They've been garbage since. Got killed, what, two weeks ago against Minnesota? Yep. Okay. There you go. Justin's picks. All right, we'll see you. Uh, Let's get to some legal stories. College football expert, Justin Watkins. Good, thanks. Thanks for being here. I respect (laughs) his opinion. He he clearly is thinking about it and working at it. No, I'm saying that's great, but... Like this is this is what he is now. I got I got to write all this stuff down so that when you guys hold me accountable, I'll be like, I don't think I made that no. pick. And then, oh, oh, oh I'll, I'll remember. <laughs> we'll get picks from you, and then we'll have Brad Powers on for legal advice. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's switching up this week. Next week it's wild card week. We're just going to pull it out of a hat. <laughs> I love it. All right, Adam, explain to the audience what happened. With the latest step with the NBA because we knew there's a storm brewing here with. Player, certain players in certain markets who were unvaxxed, and locally they're like, you cannot you know, work in or be in a large group gathering without being vaccinated. This ain't the NFL. The NBA has gone the extra level, and now they're saying what about pay? Well, the NBA has certain protocols in place, as you said, which have not been finalized yet, by the way. So we don't know exactly what the protocols are going to be for the NBA, but they're going to be very different for vaxxed and unvaxxed players. But the ones that people have the most focus on right now are players for the Knicks, Nets, and Warriors, and the two most prominent players among that group would be Andrew Wiggins with the Warriors, Kyrie Irving with the Nets, because they are in cities that have bans on unvaccinated people participating in large activities. So Kyrie Irving and Andrew Wiggins cannot play in home games. There's going to be other players around the league that can't play in road games when they go to those markets, and there's a question about whether they can go play when they play Toronto because they can't cross the border. Uh, But for right now... Wiggins and Irving, the center of attention as they cannot play in home games, and the decision came down officially 
if they can't play because they're not vaccinated, they will not get paid. So it's not like you can just be like, oh, I can't play. Oh, well, I'm just going to take my paycheck. Can't get paid. So this is turning into a bigger and bigger uh, storyline, obviously, and is going to be, you know, I think it's kind of on the back burner right now, but when they take the floor and they play a home game and those guys aren't there, it's going to be even bigger. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm interested to see what part of the CBA that the NBA is relying on for this. I imagine that there's a clause that says something along the lines of, if you're healthy but cannot play due to legal action, then you are not to be paid. Something along those lines, you know, with, with the idea behind it being, you know, if you go to a city, you get a DUI, and you're in jail, and you can't come out and play, that you don't have to be paid if you were healthy enough to pay, to play. And using that expanded definition to say, you're healthy, you could play, but law does not permit you to be in the building, and so therefore we don't have to pay you. But I have not seen the provision, and they didn't put it in any of their releases or any information on what provision of the CPA, CBA they're relying on, and I have not heard yet any pushback from the players' union about a disagreement of any sort of interpretation. I imagine we're going to see something like that here soon. I mean, you know, we're less than 24 hours from the announcement, so if the players' union is going to come back with something, um, a, a point of contention, as to the interpretation of the CBA, I would expect we're going to find it out pretty soon. This is probably unfair because we haven't seen the wording, but if it did, if it was something along along the lines of if a law prevents you from playing, yep. I know that one of the big like anti-vax arguments that I see on Twitter all the time is mandates aren't laws. <laughs> it is a law, but but you're never going. To, there would never be any portion of a CBA or contract at this level when we're talking about a billion dollar industry that would rely on a singular definition of law. It would say law, ordinance, mandate. Right. It would have 17 synonyms for what a law could be. Um, you know, that's that's why lawyers get paid what they get paid, and that's why regular people, when they look at these contracts, are like, what does this even say? Right. You, I, I love that all the time when I hear people like, why would they have this? Because <laughs> you never know what's going to come up. Well, typically they have it because it has come up once before, sure. and somebody piece, you know, split some hairs and said, well, you didn't say mandates, <laughs> uh, and, and uh, one court won't enforce it. Yeah. Damn. And now this has started a firestorm. You know, it's funny. There are people out there who didn't seem real supportive of the NBA in the past who are tweeting. So I read this one a little while ago. I stand with Kyrie Irving. I stand with Andrew Wiggins. I stand with Bradley Beal. I stand with Jonathan Isaac. Hashtag your body, your choice. Kendrick Perkins retweeted that tweet and said, how about standing with Texas first? Ted Cruz. Wow. That's good. Your yep. body, your choice. <laughs> I, I can't believe I, I, he I, even I, put those words in that tweet. You know, why, why? well, th th no, that's what they're doing, which is insane. Yeah. They're trying to play back at the liberal, you know, hey, your body, your choice. Do they think that abortions are, are transmitted to other people? Like, do they think they're they're viruses? Well, like, what are they talking about? This is not about your body. It's about everybody else's. But but let, let's be clear about the difference. Right. N nobody is going to jail because they didn't get vaccinated. Right. right? True. All right. So let's start there. Now, the Texas law, nobody's going to jail either, but they, they could be sued. You know, it's basically civil bounties. But all it says is you're, you're not going to get paid what you normally pay because you can't do your job because of your choice. <laughs> right. But you still have your choice. 
The choice is yours. Do you want to lose out on millions of dollars and stand behind your, your position on vaccines? Okay. You don't? You don't. Interesting stuff. I mean it, too. We'll have a lot more of this on the legal podcast tonight. We do a much longer version of what we do on ESPN Las Vegas with Justin Watkins tonight at 9 o'clock at Steve Cofield, also up on YouTube. All right, on the way back, I want to get to the John Jones story as this thing unfolds and we have more of the details about the UFC fighter being arrested here in Las Vegas. Remember, Rampart Racing Sportsbook, this is the spot for NFL Thursday and Sunday and Monday. And the cool thing is when you place a parlay card wager of 50 bucks or more, you get a coupon to the deli for free chicken fingers or a hamburger or a hot dog and fries. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000, with your questions today. You know why? I won't. Your fabric is fake. My fabric is You're fake. fake. Tell me how my fake was shot. I'm not going to get into that right here. Okay. But you know I know. Tell me how my face. You know I know. So tell me something. Because I see you in life. Please, so tell me something. I see you in life. You can, put, you can sit up here. Why you can fake? sit up here and put on the holy, oh, John, I'm this, and I believe in this and that. But I see I you in believe. life. Be who you say you are. I am who I say I am. Lay it up. Every okay. day I'm a 24-year-old young man who's been thrown into fame and, and this whole different lifestyle. Look, when you fall, when you fall. And what is you will. You're not I, saying that you're going to I hope fall. you never fall, but you will. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins Watkins. to lay down the law. Only on Cofield and Company. Former UFC fighter Rashad Kreskin. Rashad Adamas. That's pretty good. Uh, Rashad Evans, who started with John Jones. That was the other voice on that interview. They were in the same camp down in Albuquerque for a long time. So Rashad at the time was speaking with some knowledge about John Jones and his problems, you know? And I always thought he, he, he was a little bit odd. I, I said duplicitous yesterday. You, you came back at me and you're like, he has an addiction problem. But that was the point that Rashad was making is that John Jones would always talk about his faith. And listen, he, he also said during that clip, we kind of cut it out. Um, thanks fast sound crew. Actually, I cut it out. Um, that. You know, no one's perfect. Well, like, we know. We know that. But that whole thing about when you fall, and you will fall. I mean, it's happened a lot, and it just happened again in Vegas. Justin Watkins is here to kind of break down what could happen from here. But, again, explain to the audience in a nutshell, Cliff Notes version. I know well, there's a lot there. What what happened here in Vegas? I think part, part of the problem before I even start that is that has he fallen? Nothing's ever happened. <laughs> so, so he's, been, uh, he's been embarrassed. He's had to pay fines. I mean, sure. has he really served he's any sort of significant jail time? Been suspended. Yeah, he's been he was not when he's not going to fight anyway. Like I don't know that he's actually any, ever paid consequences. Is my point, but maybe he will now. Uh, he was in Vegas for a Hall of Fame induction, not for himself, but for one of his fights being enshrined, which is why the UFC Hall of Fame is so weird. Uh, but he was in Vegas for a Hall of Fame induction. Uh, his family was at Caesar's Palace staying. Uh, he returned to the room, uh, according to the police report, to get ten thousand dollars to go to a strip club. Uh, not sure which one, still trying to find out. Uh, but he was in the room, uh, had a confrontation with his fiance at some point. She left. She showed up at the security desk in the hotel. She was bloody and crying. Uh, they called cops. Cops tracked him down. He had an altercation, or an, at least an incident, with police. Uh, they said jokingly challenged them to a fight. Said, like, hey, let me out of this. Let's see how I can do against all you guys. Uh, headbutted the car. Uh, they said he was like, back and forth between friendly and jovial and then angry and weird and 
emotional, um, indica- you know, all all indications he was most likely on substances. Uh, so that's where we stand now. He was charged with, or he was arrested on a misdemeanor domestic violence charge and a felony tampering with a vehicle charge, which I know people got a uh, had a field day with on social media. Oh, you can hit a woman, but you can't hit a car. Uh, that's more severe. Not really how it is. Uh, but, yeah, that's where we stand now, and we'll be waiting for the next hearing, which I think is October 26th. Yeah, and, well, and it actually is how it is um, when you don't have a cooperating witness. That's that's the issue here, right, is, um, you know, they called the police when his fiance was downstairs when she asked for a key to get back into the room. Um, but then they, they could see blood, they could see distress, and that she basically admitted, I'm afraid to go back in the room and – had at least uh, intimated to them that they grabbed his her head and her hair, but she said, "I don't want you to call the cops. I don't, you know, I don't want to be a part of him getting in trouble." And so I have to imagine. I don't know this for a fact. You know, the investigation I'm sure is continuing. Is that she's probably not cooperating with the authorities, and if she was. You, I would expect there, this misdemeanor would be a felony domestic violence charge. Well, and it was one of the children that actually asked to call the cops. Right, exactly. Yeah. But she specifically asked them not to. Right. Yes. So can, I mean, is, would the age of the kids matter in terms of can they be witnesses? Can they just say, hey, listen, my mom or my mom might not want to, but I'll testify. Yeah. Well, and and no witness in theory is needed if you have enough. Uh, indisputable evidence meaning it's it's not subjective it's objective evidence but i don't think we have that here i mean just because she's downstairs and bloody does not mean in fact that you know he he is the cause of that right if she told them that he was the cause of that or the child did and now they're refusing to testify or they're changing their story again you have you can present the case but that the odds of success go down greatly because you've got somebody changing the story just say hey we were fighting i got super upset so i told the you know the check-in desk i told him this story and it wasn't true now we see that all the time and we know that the story probably is true but it's still you don't know how a jury is going to take that and you know prosecutors want to know that they're going to get the conviction they don't want to go through a protracted court battle uh, to to only lose and have the person get away you know so a lot of people have said, hey, this is like the ninth arrest or whatever. They're, they're keeping count. The other ones aren't really similar to this necessarily. Uh, so how much will priors weigh in that weren't here? So, yeah, priors can weigh in in regards to sentencing. So if they were to go to trial or as part of a plea agreement and the judge wanted to consider priors, they could. The The, the counterbalance is exactly what you just said, which is no, we don't have prior domestic violence we've got clearly my you know i'm i'm making a a theoretical argument clearly my client has an addiction issue that's been going on for the past decade you can see it throughout his history with law enforcement and the law he needs a diversionary program and none of this has ever escalated to the level of domestic violence and therefore he shouldn't be tried as a repeat offender this is a first-time offense I'm going to ask it, but it might be a stupid question. When we talk priors, like with domestic violence, how do visits to the home, warnings, hey, we couldn't come up with anything, 
How do those play into cases? They just they just don't play in at all because obviously, you know, if you go back to one of the worst domestic violence lead ups to a horrific crime, allegedly ever, was OJ, and then we you know we find out later that like the cops are out there all the time, but in most cases there weren't any charges filed. Right, and and so typically speaking, unless you you have an exception, you know, quote unquote prior bad acts are not admissible to prove that that act happened that day. So, for instance, if they went out there on three prior occasions and each time um, the offender had cut the victim uh, on the arm and the allegation here is that the offender cut the victim on the arm, you could say, look, we have this prior history, so it must have happened this time. You're not allowed to do that. But there are tons of exceptions to that where you could say, Modus operandi is one. This is what always happens. It's a repeated behavior, and it is, you know, for lack of a better term, this is what they do. They repeat this behavior. They have a very specific chronology to it, and that's what happened here. So, yeah, it, it can be admissible in certain circumstances. In the sentencing phase where there already has been a conviction, that stuff comes in. Yeah, for sure. But not in the not in the trial to prove that the person did it. They allowed in OJ though, right? Well, so yeah, exactly. They but not in the trial itself. Other to to prove that he had actually killed her, right? So you can talk about how they had had conflict. You could talk about how their home had called on on numerous different occasions for help. That that's a fact that happened. But you can't say because they called, this incident happened. Right. He killed her. Justin, we appreciate you coming over here. Five seven zero nine thousand is the number at Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Uh, Bears two and a half. Okay. Bears two and a half. This is the time to do it. Everyone's freaking out. I just is anyone up- actually going to take the Lions as a dog? Yes, a lot of people are. I just picked up the Bears defense in one of my fantasy leagues. Um, number two in scoring in our league. You know, although Adams got me beaten record because he's got no points against. You've got me beaten record too. You got no points against either. I, I, We're I, the only two undefeated. I, I've been so I've been you, so lucky. Yeah, you guys are getting like five hundred a week against you, and I'm getting eight hundred a week. I'm still two and one, and number two in points. Well, so I mean, I feel like my team's only getting better. Oh, okay. Well, here's a great thing in the league. Oh, my receivers. Adam went crazy on receivers. Oh, yeah. No God. one will take a receiver from him because he's like, oh, I'll just trade for a running back. Not if anyone won't trade have a running back. Have you seen the receivers on my bench? But yeah. what does it matter? Oh. The, the, this this could be the first, if there's injuries. This could be the first time in any league you've been in where the rest of the league is like, no, we're not trading it's with not you. not the first time. Because you're a needling pain in the it's ass. It's not the first time. Yeah. Well, nobody, I got, nobody will trade. You know, I got Josh Gordon sitting on my bench, just waiting for that to blow up, just in time for the playoffs. All that whining, Jamar Chase and Chris and Chris Godwin. It's, it's awesome, but you can't play him. <laughs> can't play him, and no one will make a trade with you. Yeah, you're the enemy of we'll the league. I got offered a trade yesterday. I have to decide if I want to take it. Okay. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers seven zero two five seven zero nine thousand with your questions today. Then they create this narrative about it, so I think it wasn't like fans necessarily jumped on me on purpose. You understand what I mean? I think it was a narrative to it too, created by by the media, uh, that made it uh, very complicated to kind of break through. And I still, I'm, I have a big hurdle to break through right now too. Hanging at the Rampart Race and Sportsbook, it's Cofield and Company. 
Robin Leonard on the Residency Podcast this last week talking about a bunch of things, 76 minutes. We tweeted out the link yesterday. Go check it out. Good interview. Leonard talking about, uh, you know, a lot of the Flurry versus Leonard stuff that played out with the fans. is still going to play out this season. Uh, put much of the blame on some members of the media. Said some members don't know what they're talking about. And uh, strongly suggested, basically, that people pick sides in the media. Brian Blessing's been around hockey forever. He's not old. But he has been around hockey forever. This is going to be a fascinating story to follow. What's up, Brian? Oh, I am old. <laughs> I was trying to be nice. I know. Appreciate that. But yeah, I, I, listen, I love Leonard. I do. I, you know, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know, guy never says nothing. You get criticized, and then you're out there, and then you get criticized. But I mean, this narrative of the the fans and the media started this for the love of God. Flurry's agent put a picture out with a sword in the boar's back. Okay? The media or the fans didn't start that. Please. No, you're you're absolutely right. And I think that like some of what he says is a little bit perplexing in that regard because he did say at the time when that happened, if you go back, he said the media is starting this. Like, no, no, they're not. That they aren't. But I think a lot of what he says is also correct and right and i thought what he said in this instance if you ignore getting getting it wrong that first time what he said in this instance is kind of right like i i think they're you know just like fans some of the media lined up on sides and i don't think there's a question about that uh i don't know maybe i just didn't pay attention that closely to <laughs> who was taking sides i mean but it, it was what it was i mean it was a soap opera when they came back for training camp at the bubble there was the grand appearance of Flurry walking out on the bench, you know, it, it was, you know, it was pick your name, all my goalies as the goalies turn. It was a soap opera. They, you know, the, the team did it as much as the agent did it, whatever. I mean, the fans didn't do it. I, I don't know. You know, he's such a smart guy, and I believe this sincerely, that, you know, I think he's got more angles than a geometry teacher. I think he <laughs> kind of likes to create that me against the world thing. I think it helps him. I, you know, whatever, if it's cathartic, whatever. But I think I said, he's out there and he's talking. Who cares? It's true. Uh, Brian, it is, it's the curse of the intelligent. I'll, I'll just say that. It sucks. When your mind is always working, it's a nightmare. Yeah, I know. I, I listen to your problems every day. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, the arduous journey of Adam Hill through life. Yes. It's tough. It's tough. Me and Robin, I mean, share hey, it. The $64,000 question is, if a certain someone hadn't got hurt, would you be having chicken wings this weekend? No, no. To go back and hear those words thrown around again? No, I'll pass. What are you guys <laughs> talking about? This is the most inside thing ever. What? Oh, Houston at Buffalo this week. It would have been Tyrod's return to Buffalo, and you could go to uh, Buffalo and hear the fans yell the N-word again. It'd be great. Oh, jeez. <laughs> It'd be awesome. <laughs> Woo, yay, that's fun. By the way. Again, the, again, the problem of the intelligence. <laughs> yes. Am I crazy for wanting to take the Texans plus sixteen and a half in that game? Isn't this kind yeah, of a letdown? Sp- isn't this kind of a letdown spot for the Bills with the Chiefs on the way and after an ass kicking of the football team? It is the only, honestly, yes. The the Chiefs are in the on deck circle, but the offense got their act together last game. I think they want to keep going. Davis Mills, they these guys can't get out of their own way. The Bills should have beat the Dolphins fifty-two to seven. They should have won the game last week by forty. They gave up a seventy-five-yard screen pass and a garbage touchdown at the end of the game. I mean, I know it's the squarest of square plays, but 
Trubisky could be in halfway through the third quarter with the Bills up 35. I mean, it it Uh looks like that to me. And by the way, that Chiefs game next week, again, not discounting the Browns or the Ravens, but we always should be looking ahead here. And Buffalo could go. The advanced line's KC minus four. It, it, and KC certainly could beat them and beat them handily. But if the Bills ever won that game in week five, I mean, this is serious stuff. If they win that game, all KC's losses are in conference with the head-to-head. The Bills would have a three-game lead and literally are the like, odds-on favorite to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs if they win week five. Well, they already should. They already should be, and I I'm laying the points this week. I think I think Buffalo crushes them, and it's not even close. There's not a close second by far. The easiest schedule in the entire NFL, the Buffalo Bills. Oh come on, Adam! And the, 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 look at the Dallas, the Cowboys schedule the next few weeks. It's like I think I think they're ninth. I think they're ninth uh, in DVOA for schedule. Buffalo is by far the easiest schedule. I'm, well, I'm with you. I think, you, I think they should win. You, they should get home field. Well, you can factor in the, the AFC East as hot garbage. I don't argue that. Back-to-back weeks at Kansas City at Texas. Indies mangled. At New Orleans and at Tampa. I don't know about that. I'm not. It is not my opinion. This is based on DVOA of who that easiest well, schedule yeah, is. Yeah, but you know that's garbage, Adam. You know that thing changes every year. What on paper is, quote-unquote, the easiest schedule never pans out to be that. Sure, but this is based on how teams have played the first three weeks of the season. The teams they have left on the schedule, it's the easiest schedule. And I'll make the case that the Bills haven't played anybody good because the, the Pittsburgh didn't beat them. The Bills beat themselves. Pittsburgh is a mess. Yeah, that's true. I appreciate the heads up on the look ahead line. I just got, while you guys were bickering over the Bills, I got Kansas City minus three and a half next week against the Bills. Um, <laughs> so. Brian Blessings with us, Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM 204, locally here on K-Shop. All right, the rest of the NFL slate, uh, is Indy going to finally do something here, or is the play Miami? Eh, it's mostly twos. There's some one-and-a-halves out there. Uh, the wrong team's favored here. I mean, Miami comes out here. They, they were embarrassed. Brissett gets a week of work with the ones. And, you know, the Raiders are 3-0. and Good for them. You know, I think the jury's still out. How good are the Raiders? But Miami's going back home. Indy should have beat the Rams. They've lost to Seattle, and they lost to Tennessee. And Wentz is playing awful, and he's running around on, on one ankle or maybe no ankles. I don't know what the deal is. Give the ball to Jonathan Taylor. These guys played Seattle, the Rams, the Titans. It's already week four in Miami by now. There'll be no Dolphins fans there. It's the worst home field advantage in football. It's the wrong team's favor. The Colts are winning that game. By the way, just to go back to my three-and-a-half bet, that's probably a bad bet because it's probably going to get down to three if, if you're right. If Buffalo, three, yeah. if, Buffalo <laughs> destroys, if Buffalo destroys the Texans and then, uh, for some reason, the Chiefs struggle at Philly. So that'll be interesting to track that one. Um, listen, I love the story. Uh, I guess I would love to see TB12 shove it in Belichick's face, but – I also don't believe Belichick is going to get run off the field. Am I crazy here if I want to take Pat Seven? I mean, this week, I mean, I, I don't know. I've always hated the squares and sharps and pros and Joes. You know, what, what do you like? I mean, we said all week, you had to bet it early. I bet Tampa Bay minus six and a half. It's going to close seven. There's no doubt about it. But all the intangibles, Brady semi has taken the high road, gets the last lap, wins a Super Bowl. 
gets all the bucks a ring. They're going to play like men possessed for him. The Patriots fans probably in this one instance will actually be rooting for him. He knows the defenders. He knows their goods, their bads, their tendencies. And, oh, by the way, he's dragging along another future Hall of Famer with him. There's going to be an investigation if Gronkowski doesn't catch a touchdown pass. I'm calling Philly special. Brady catches a touchdown pass. <laughs> I, I think Tampa destroys him. Wow. Have you seen that prop up anywhere? No, but I think it's a hell of an idea. Yeah, I would love it. Brian, last one. What do you like in college? You pointing towards something? Uh, one game, I think uh, I'd take a peek at Western Kentucky wow. and Michigan State to go over the total. Western Kentucky goes up and down the field, but this is not the Michigan State team you know, we're accustomed to run and stop the run with a great defense. They just played a, you know, a low-scoring back alley fight with Nebraska. And you take that game out of the equation. I, these two teams go up and down the field. I, I like that game to go over. Brian, what do you got coming up in terms of live shows or parties? I'll be over with Jay Cornegay tomorrow. We're in the Superbook. We get it all teed up and remind people about Sunday Football Central over at the uh, – Superbook, and I know you guys take them right up to kickoff over there. So uh, we'll be over there tomorrow. We'll have some football magazines and some stuff to give away. So we'll be over at the Superbook with Jay Cornegate tomorrow, bud. Brian, you're awesome, man. We appreciate it. Thank you. Always a pleasure, fellas. Have a good day. Brian Blessing, Sirius XM, Channel 204. Following us tonight, we're going to be down at Parkway Tavern. I will be down at Parkway Tavern for the Marcus Arroyo radio show. I say down because it's the location by the M. It's one of the newest locations of the uh, five Parkway Tavern, 6.30 to 7.30 show, right there next to the M. Happy hour at Parkway Tavern. You got four bucks on the chips and queso, $5 mini corn dogs, six bucks on the chicken fingers, $3 domestic drafts, house wine, and well cocktails. And it'll be uh, Russ Langer, myself, Caleb Herring, and the coach. Why not, right? It's the Marcus Arroyo radio show coming up at 6.30. Cofield and Company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas.